Welcome once again, nerds, to the news. In this week's episode, we have some pretty big updates on some huge stories we've been following in the music section, plus one of the most epic Christmas concerts you will ever attend, just announced tour dates. We have more epic gaming remasters on their way over in gaming and tech. Comic books are still a thing, but just barely. A couple of the larger streamers have announced more cancellations. We're going to talk about that in TV. Over in movies, Batman Day is quickly approaching us, and so we we have the announcement of a pretty awesome celebration for Bruce's big day, as well as a rather large shakeup in the Avengers camp, if you want to believe the rumor mill. All of that and a bunch more, so let's get into it. Housekeeping is as follows. Uh, really, kind of more of the same. Still on strike. Still don't have a whole lot in the realm of movies and TV, so everybody's getting the same show. Seems to be working out pretty well. Uh, honestly, it's, it's a little bit easier to edit, so even once the uh, strikes end, maybe we'll just keep the format the same across all platforms. I don't know. Uh, let me know what you think down in the comments section or over on the socials or what have you, but uh, yeah, we there is a bunch more stuff happening as far as non-channel related things. Uh, another concert this weekend, and then it's going to start to taper off pretty good. Uh, at, by the end of October, I think, is or is uh, the kind of the last of the big shows for the year for me, and then it'll probably be pretty quiet for some time because I'm broke. Uh, but as far as like schedule interrupting bits, I don't think that there's a whole lot there. Uh, I would have to double check the schedule one more time, but when I did before we filmed, uh, nothing was really sticking out. Though, there has been some shakeups at the day job, so that might get in the way of things. And uh, those, those kind of happen on the fly, so stick, stay tuned to the community tab or the socials for any uh, announcements therein. Uh, if it is something that happens last minute and I am unable to research, film, etc., etc., then that is going to be the place where you get the update for when uh, the, the episode will be live for that week, because uh, hopefully it won't put us out too much uh, for a regular video. As well as <laughs> October, like I said, coming up rather quickly, by November is when we're going to be taking the winter break. Uh, the season break, if you will, where I, I get ready for the next season. I believe on the main channel, this is going to be season six. Correct me if I'm wrong, but over on the other outlets, we're looking at about season three or four four uh actually i think i'm pretty sure it's season four on the other outlets so yeah it's gonna be we're we're, we're quickly approaching that time so as i will probably start counting down every episode how many more episodes we have left very soon aside from that i believe that is all of the housekeeping we have for this episode uh that being said let's dive into some news shall we So, in the music section, as I said before, we have some uh, pretty big follow-ups to talk about. We also have new music from the Callus Dow Boys to get out of the way in the new music section, as well as Christmas is coming around the corner. So, everyone's favorite Christmas metal show just announced tour dates. We'll talk about that. 
All right, so follow-ups and corrections. No corrections, but we do have some pretty big follow-ups to talk about. Uh, the first one kind of, in a way, might not even be a follow-up, but it's kind of, they're being, uh, let's, I'm not gonna bury the lead. Five Finger Death Punch just played a show in LA at the, uh, what was the name of the arena? Uh, uh, I didn't write it down. It was in LA though, yeah, whatever. It was their, their Metallica date, um, and Ivan Moody was not on stage. There was a big post on the Five Finger Death Punch social medias, and uh, they said that Ivan had come down with a quote-unquote terrible flu and was not going to be singing for that sh for the show that night. So instead of Ivan, very interesting here, instead of Ivan, they had Howard Jones from Killswitch Engage, they had Phil Labonte from All That Remains, and then they also had, what was the other guy's name? Uh, uh, AJ Channer from Fire From The Gods. Never heard of Fire From The Gods. I don't know. I'm not familiar with that. But that's pretty freaking epic. Uh, those of you watching, instead of just listening, you should should be able to see the some of the footage from that night that is a hell of a lineup for vocalists to take the place of ivan i mean honestly from the two that i know either of those dudes could have done that no problem but it was probably came down to a matter of memorization and also if you're going to have somebody fill in you might as well have as much fun with that situation as possible and phil and howard are long friends and so i would imagine uh the aj kid is also part of their circle of people but yeah, just really, really interesting uh, situation there. The reason I put this in follow-ups is because I'm pretty sure this probably has something to do with the the the, the issues they've been having uh, in the European leg, where they were supposed to open for a, a couple of dates on the Metallica tour out there, and they had to pull out because of illness reasons. Uh, it, it, specifically, it was Ivan's appendix. He had appendicitis, so they had to pull out of two shows because of that. Uh, or it might have even been three. I don't remember. We covered it, though. And uh, so, I don't know. This just seems... Ivan has said previously that this is like the peak of the mountain for a band uh, in his for his band specifically. So, it doesn't make sense that this would be like... I don't know, cold, cold feet, something. But uh, yeah, Ivan Moody is is is, is, is sitting out. Ugh. That's what we got. So the other big follow-up we have, and this one is legitimately huge and is legitimately a follow-up. Uh, we have Rammstein in the news. Follow-up on the Till Lindemann situation. The country of Germany has officially dropped their investigation on Till Lindemann for the accusations that were flung at him from, I believe it was less than five accusers. Um, the reason being, and this part, I really, when I, when we first talked about this, I did not know this bit. I knew it had been covered in the YouTube space, and I knew a lot of the social media influencer types that were into this side of the music industry uh, were talking about it, but I didn't realize just to what degree that was going. And this is part of this is the reason why this has been dismissed is because the accusations were not levied against Till until a YouTuber, and I didn't write her name down because that would be giving her a lot more power than I want to, uh, a YouTuber started investigating, quote unquote, some social media posts from a singular girl uh, and then a couple more girls once she started the investigation uh, and and it was her piecing together puzzle pieces that didn't necessarily exist that then prompted the quote-unquote victims to 
levy their accusations against Till. Uh, it, it the the German courts said that that is very problematic with the accusations. That is highly suspect and therefore not worthy of an investigation. And pr uh, kudos to them because the the evidence needs to be there in order for something to happen. And when the evidence isn't there, it's just being made up in somebody's head. Connections are being made for no valid reason. Then you have to call a spade a spade and move on with your life. So very awesome there. That's all we're going to talk about that because we don't really get into that kind of stuff here on the channel, but it's pretty huge. So we kind of had to. That's all we have for follow-ups and corrections though. Let's get into new music, shall we? This week in new music, uh, first up we have Asking Alexandria, new song, Let Go. I really want to like these guys. I do like their older material. I do like their stuff that is much more metalcore and a lot less active rock. This is leaning even harder into their active rock sound and it just really does nothing for me. Uh, and it's kind of disappointing, again, considering where they've come from and the sound. I'm not, I'm not ripping them for evolving. They've just evolved out of a, a genre of music that I really like and to a genre of music that I really don't like, but a lot of other people do. So I kind of, to each their own. So the new Asking Alexandria track, Let It Go, or Let Go rather, I, I'm going to say skip it if you're not already a huge fan. If you are, or if you like stuff like Dotri, you'll probably dig this new Asking Alexandria. Just not for me though. Next up is Spirit Box new track, Jaded, comes from the Fear of Fear EP that is set for release November 3rd. I think Spirit Box has struck a very interesting uh, situation with the way they release music. They've kind of come halfway between releasing whole albums and then the, the singles plan that a lot of pop artists have, have adapted. And I think it's really working for him. I really dig it. As far as the music and the video goes, this is solid uh, light metal core, I guess you could call it. Uh, heavy active rock. I don't know where the subgenre would be for these guys. They are themselves. Uh, as far as production of the video goes, that had to have been a hell of a video to shoot because all those mirrors. Uh, if you are unfamiliar with Spirit Box, this is a great place to start. Uh, th th I, I, I would definitely recommend this. I'm definitely not going to spend a whole lot of money on it, but I will stream it. I'm I'm not going to click next when it comes up on my uh, suggested playlist at all. So yeah, check it out. Then we have Carnifex releasing a new single called Death's Forgotten Children. This one features Tom Barber from the Chelsea Grin on guest vocals. Uh, this comes from their next album. I'm not going to say this right. Necromantium <laughs> out October 6th of this year. Uh, if you are curious as to what solid deathcore is, this is a very good example of that Carnifex really always comes through. The only thing I think I would change about this, we're going to talk about this uh, a little bit more with a, one of the other deathcore bands we're talking about this week, but the thing I would change about this is the rock bass syndrome, man. The rock bass syndrome is, is strong with these ones. That's kind of a genre pitfall, not anything to hold against Carnifex. This is a solid track overall. If you like the heavy, check out the new Carnifex, Death's Forgotten Children. Then we're talking about Oni's new track, Aura. We did a proper, I believe we've done a proper reaction video to these guys before. Their last single featured not just Randy Blythe from Lamb of God, but also Iggy Pop 
from Iggy Pop. I, this track, however, features Howard freaking Jones on guest vocals and is just another solid example of the kind of sound these guys are going for. If I had to pin it into a subgenre, I would say it's metalcore for sure, but it's definitely got a bit of a softer side. There's a lot more melodic vocals here than you would find in like most standard bearing metalcore uh, records. And I, it, they do it well, so I'm definitely here for it. If you like the softer side of the metalcore, check out Aura from Oni. Then we have Job for a Cowboy giving us a new single, The Agony Seeping Storm. Uh, some of the OG in the deathcore subgenre, these guys really know how it is done. And this is uh, where we're talking about rock bass syndrome once again, because these guys definitely don't suffer from it at all. The bass player is shredding and you can hear it very clearly. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. I think more bands in the subgenre of deathcore should take a note out of the Job for a Cowboy playbook because these guys really know how to round out this sound and keep it super, super sonically interesting. So absolutely, if you want to see some of the best deathcore, check out the new Job for a Cowboy song, The Agony Seeping Storm. Then, as I was finishing my research, uh, another track got released from Dying Wish. This one is called Last in the Fall. And, and to my ears, Dying Wish is kind of the new Walls of Jericho, which is a huge compliment because Walls of Jericho is probably one of the best metalcore acts that came out of the early to mid-aughts. So absolutely, absolutely dig this. The difference here, though, is instead of Candice just going balls out all the time, the vocalist for Dying Wish, I can't remember her name, just knows how to do everything. She can do the harmonies as well as the balls out crazy screamy stuff. And this is just quality metalcore and there's nothing else I can say about it. So absolutely go check out Dying Wish's new track, Lost in the Fall. Then one of my favorite bands from the last decade or so, Callous Dowboys have released a new single from their upcoming EP as well. Uh, the name of the track is Waco Jesus. The new EP is called God Smiles Upon the Callous Dowboys. It will be out at the end of October. Uh, they are really doing what they can to move past their Dillinger Escape Plan comparisons, and they're doing it pretty well. I feel like they might be losing some of their identity trying to do that so quickly, it was really working for them on their last few releases, so I don't know why they would want to necessarily turn about face on that, but still super good, very angular, very ADD riddled metal, and I, I love it, and I'm definitely here for whatever sound they are willing to bring. Check out the new track, Waco Jesus from Callous Dowboys. Then let's talk about Eminence, another one of those bands that I found very recently that is just doing solid, solid heavy music. These guys have just released a new song called Heaven Shall Burn. This is Swedish melodic death metal, maybe? Uh, I really suck with subgenres sometimes. Eminence is just a thing unto themselves. They are Swedish. There is an element of death metal there, but there is a whole hell of a lot of melody as well. If you want to feel good about the future of heavy music, then absolutely I recommend listening to anything Eminence has put out, but specifically Heaven Shall Burn is a good place to start. And then, I think this is a platform much more appropriate for releases from 
Tom McDonald has just given us a new track called Black and White featuring Adam Calhoun and none other than Dax. Dax is just one of those great lyricists to come out in the last decade. I, he's probably been around longer than that. I've just only been aware of him for about five, six years. Uh, either way, this is this is these guys at their peak. Uh, Calhoun yeah, kind of sounds a little bit much like Tom and uh, the lyrical content kind of fits in the same kind of realm as Tom as well. So I could probably do without the Calhoun verse. If it was just Tom and Dax, this would be a wholehearted recommend for some uh, alternative hip hop, if you will. Uh, but either way, it's a solid track, solidly produced because Tom and Dax are on it. And I would say go listen to it just because it's good music. Go check it out. That puts us into tours and festivals, which we're coming out the gate swinging for this subsection, and that is Trans-Siberian Orchestra has announced their tour dates for this year. There is a link down in the description that will take you to the tour dates. Uh, I was going to try and like, it starts here and goes here, but it's seriously there. So the way TSO works, let's break this down just slightly. The way TSO works is there is a core writing group of people. Uh, I, I, I used to know specifically who the uh, musicians were, but I'm blanking on their names right now and I apologize, but there's a core group of, I think it's like five or so people who write the music and produce the records that are Trans-Siberian Orchestra. And then the live show goes out as multiple hired hands are brought in to also perform the music. So there are two separate companies that perform each day <laughs> in different parts of the country so that they can cover as much ground. Because when you primarily make Christmas music, you gotta get as many dates in as possible. It makes sense. Uh, but yeah, it the, the, the follow the link, go check out the tour dates. Uh, tickets should be on sale for some of them soon, I would imagine. I could not see ticket uh, uh, links for any of the dates when I was doing research for today's episode, but Trans-Siberian Orchestra is hitting the road. And if you haven't then you should absolutely go see them this year. From there, we do have one other uh, tour announced. We have Carnifex. Uh, we talked about them in the new music section. Carnifex has announced Signs of the Swarm, To the Grave, and The Last 10 Seconds of Life will be supporting them on a trek coming out October 10th in Tucson, Arizona, running through November 11th in Los Angeles, California. There are quite a few dates on this, though probably not as much as I would want to see because I don't think they're actually coming to my neck of the woods this year. But uh, yeah, Carnifex, Carnifex and Signs of the Swarm, just those two alone are worth the, the ticket cost. So go check that out for sure if you have the ability to. And that is basically all we have. There are There is no regular news. So let's get into music suggestions for the week. This week's music suggestion is once again, we've done this before, but once again, Mudvayne's LD50. Just because this is, I just saw them and it they, they continue to blow one's mind every time you see them live. I just, oh, these guys are so amazing. And this is the standard that they set for themselves. Pretty high standard. Uh, Chad recently came out and said that he doesn't like something about this record that I think is exactly why everybody loves this record. It's because it doesn't sound like a traditional metal record because it's a very bottom heavy because Ryan Martini is a presence to deal with. And I think that's really what set them apart 
And that's the thing that Chad doesn't like about it, which I find funny. But either way, it is absolutely worth a listen to anybody who even casually has an appreciation for the metal genre. These guys are doing something very unique and beautiful and go check out their first major label release, LD50. And now we're talking about gaming and tech. We've got some Mortal Kombat 1 action to really dive into. We also have Night Dive Studios giving us the updates on some pretty epic remasters that they are working on, as well as the announcement of a new Nintendo situation. So yeah, let's get into all of that, shall we? Uh, so starting things off in follow-ups and corrections. We have Mortal Kombat 1 things to talk about. There are some trailers, we'll get to those in a minute, but uh, so as Gamescom was coming to an end, I believe, is when a lot of Mortal Kombat creators, Mortal Kombat specific creators, so dudes like Super and Dynasty and True Underdog and blah, 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 uh, were given an opportunity because Gamescom is, happens in Germany and most of the creators for the game exist either in Brazil or here in the States. Uh, so they were taken to Chicago. Some of them were flown to Chicago to play the first... I, I'm pretty sure it was like 15 to 20 minutes of the game uh, of Mortal Kombat 1. And a pretty big surprise happened. Uh, Kronika was shown to be in the story mode of Mortal Kombat 1, which has caused all kinds of speculation amongst the community. Uh, then, just the other day, with the launch of the new trailers, some other stuff has come out that it has shows Aaron Black kind of in the new Mortal Kombat 1. I say kind of because he's off screen and it's for the Test Your Might uh, the mini game. And you never see him, but he definitely, if you screw up, he lets you know. <laughs> and then this next bit probably could have gone in the rumor mill, but it's it's all Mortal Kombat 1, it's all gaming, so we're gonna keep it here, and that is the Nitara uh, uh, leak. So this one has been kind of sort of disproven, but I don't like the logic with which it was disproven, so it seems like this is slightly more likely. Everybody's speculating that Kronika is going to be the playable, the, the last playable character revealed, uh, but now with the Nitara leak, it seems that Nitara is going to be the last playable character revealed, unless the debunkers are correct. I just, I think that the exposure of the thing just means they took a picture with their phone and they didn't have a screen capture, which would make sense if Netherrealm is trying to keep this under wraps. They're not gonna let somebody bring in a screen capture device into work. So yeah. Um, the, here's the here's the thing. This is this is my speculation, and then we'll probably move forward until we get to trailers, and then we'll talk about Mortal Kombat again. But <laughs> my speculation for Mortal Kombat One is that we very likely Nitara is going to be the the uh, final character revealed. Largely, I say this because not just the leak, but also because of uh, the the other leak. I guess technically the footage that came from San Diego Comic Con ended with a screeching sound and everybody looking. up. Up, or not everybody, I think it was just smoke looking up, uh, which would imply a creature or character with wings or who could fly, I guess that still keeps it fairly narrow. Uh, but also the screechy bit kind of implies a bat-like character. 
which would be Nitara. Uh, yeah, so all of that kind of lends itself to, you know, it's probably going to be Nitara. And the leaked image kind of looks like Megan Fox, which plays into another rumor that we haven't actually covered on the channel, which is that Megan Fox is going to be the face model for Natara, uh, and so that kind of di uh, jibes pretty well, though I don't know, Megan Fox really, is she that relevant that Netherrealm was like, yeah, let's put her in the game, next to John freaking Cena and the the, the J.K. Simmons voicing Omni-Man and, and just all of these other like legitimately currently relevant characters, the f ha would M M Megan Fox really, whatever. <laughs> um, so the, my, my theory, my, my, my conjecture is tied to the fact that one, there have been a number of leakers who have been very, very accurate. But then as we get to the details of the end of the pre-release era of this game, uh, a lot of them are starting to divulge. So very probably a lot of them are actually right. It's just they're not right for who the base characters are. I mean, I didn't think Omni-Man and, and Homelander and Peacemaker were all going to be DLC, and then that became legitimately true, so I had to eat a little crow there, but uh, what I think is that we are, in fact, going to see a lot of these characters, maybe not all of the characters that everybody's uh, uh, guessing at, we are going to see a lot of these characters, even if it's down the road, a la Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimates. Remember, with Ultimate, they expanded the story of that game with it with DLC content. It was effectively another add-on that you had to pay for, but you got a bunch more characters. It was almost like, almost like another combat pack worth of characters and more story mode. So because they've laid that groundwork as that's a thing they can do, I think it's a thing they will do going forward. We're going to see at least one story expansion for Mortal Kombat 1 that is going to bring us all of these characters that we haven't yet seen. Uh, the the specific game director, Dan, uh, his last name starts with a C and I don't know how to say it and I apologize, uh, said recently in an interview that just because they're not here in the base roster doesn't mean we're not going to see them in the future. Now, a lot of people have read that to mean future games, the sequels to Mortal Kombat 1, which very likely is accurate, but I think slightly more accurate would be we're going to see them in this story specifically as part of the, the story DLC that comes down the road. So we're not going to see Sonya, not going to see Jax on the base roster for the initial game, but in a year when we get the DLC story mode, then that's going to add Sonya and very potentially Jax and maybe even Aaron Black now that we have Aaron Black voice actor in existence here and and potentially even some of the cameos that people want to see like Sector and Cyrax. Maybe we're going to see them in the proper story mode as proper playable characters too and not as cameos. So I, I think we will see a DLC story pack down the road and that is going to give us a lot more uh canon characters not just guest characters uh so that's my conjecture i'm just gonna pass that off what do you guys think and let's move on because we're spending all the time on mortal kombat uh so next up in follow-ups and corrections we have robocop that robocop game the fps that we've been uh, keeping kind of light tabs on because not a whole lot has developed since we talked about it last now something has developed <laughs> uh, so we have a new release date for 
it, which is November 2nd. And we also have a, they kind of ghosted Nintendo. It was supposed to release on all three current generation platforms. So it was supposed to be coming out on series consoles as well as the PS5 and the Nintendo Switch. The Nintendo Switch iconography has been used in all of the marketing for this RoboCop game until about a month ago it started dropping off. So this means one of two things. Either it's not coming to a Nintendo console at all, or they're going to postpone the, the Nintendo development for the next Nintendo console that is very likely going to be announced probably next uh, announced next summer-ish for next Christmas-ish. Uh, it seems to be the way the industry is speculating, so that seems slightly more likely to me than they just kind of completely forgot about Nintendo, which is still selling consoles. Um, it did 12, what are we, 12 years, 10 years, 12 years, something past launch date. They're still one of the top consoles selling on the market. There's no way they're ignoring that. Anyway, uh, Robocop, November 2nd, only on PlayStation and Xbox series consoles uh, until further notice. <laughs> Let's move on. We have one more follow-up to do. And this one I think is just kind of silly, but we're going to talk about it real quick, and that is Call of Duty. The Call of Duty series of games has announced that there are going to be some games characters for the games. Uh, Lara Croft is going to be playable. 21 Savage and Jackal Mace, who is a legitimate military dude. It was a Marine, I believe. All of them are going to be coming out to different Call of Duty games over the course of the next uh, few months. Link in the description if you really want the details for that. I just... It is what it is. I'm not a Call of Duty guy, so yeah, that brings us into... Trailers. Uh, trailers, we have the two Mortal Kombat live-action commercials, effectively, is what they are. It's in our blood. Both of them featuring Dave Bautista, one of them featuring some actual in-game Shang Tsung footage, which strange that this was announced how many months ago and this is the first time we're actually seeing in-game footage of Shang Tsung. I mean, we saw the story mode footage of him, but that's kind of sort of pre-rendered. It is in-engine rendered, but it's not you're not playing as Shang. So, yeah, pretty awesome. Go check out both of those. You'll find the links down in the description. And then let's get into some regular ass news. In the regular ass news. We got uh, Night Dive Studios is the studio that brought us the System Shock remaster. They've also remastered uh, Turok 1 and 2. Uh, they have announced that they are going to be working next on bringing us Star Wars Dark Forces as well as Turok 3, which kind of, they did 1 and 2, so it makes sense. Uh, I, th I really thought that, and I, and I couldn't verify this uh, because I, I didn't give myself enough time, but uh, I really thought that Night Dive Studios is the studio that also brought us the Quake remaster, Quake 2 and 1 remaster, but I could be wrong there. Either way, solid work from them in the recent past because System Shock is fantastic. Uh, so very excited about Star Wars Dark Forces. I love me some FPS action and Star Wars and put the two together and I'm just in heaven. So it makes me sad that I can't play the uh, the Halo 3 mod for Star Wars, the Battlefront Halo 3 mod, because Halo 3 and Star Wars, come on, yeah. 
uh, yeah, so Night Dive Studios, that's what you got. There is uh, links to the announcements and stuff both uh, for both games down in the description, so you can go check that out. Next up is technically not a gaming piece. This is a tech piece more than anything, really. Theoretically, could have even been a movie piece, depending on how I wanted to divvy this up. Anyway, uh, Ghostbusters is giving us a some some new footage. Let's put it that way. This is kind of proof of concept. Um, this is a a short film that they made in Unreal Engine Five, kind of to show the the versatility and the usability of creating digital assets and doing things in the digital realm to supplement the real world. Uh, so the footage, if you click the link in the description, it will take you to the footage. The footage is kind of rough. I'm going to be straight up with you. But if you consider the fact that it was the, 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 the lion's share of the creation of this footage was done in a single day. I mean, obviously they created the assets, but as far as like creating this, these, this action sequence is what it is. Creating this action sequence happened in the span of a day. That's pretty epic. That's, that is very much proof of concept. So if you throw a budget at the, at a studio like this and you give them much more than a day, then the, the janky issues with like the people look really stiff when they're walking through the crosswalk, all of those issues go away. And I think this is this is just an incredible piece of tech. Uh, it, it's it's a, a digital what is the word? The digital motion capture stage that they shot this on, and it's brilliant, man. Like the, texture wise, a lot of the textures in the city and stuff look real. The the camera angles that they use on the on the on Ecto One look real. Like it moves. Because a lot of times with digital camera work, you get like this shake because they're trying to make it look handheld. Oh yeah, that's that's what it looks like when you shoot handheld. No, that's what it looks like when you shoot handheld and you've had six cups of coffee. That's what that looks like. The shake in this though feels a little more natural. Natural. And I think that's a pretty big step forward in digital filmmaking. So absolutely, that is that is something that is worth your time. Uh, and then our final piece of regular-ass news has to do with Nintendo. Nintendo has announced that there will be a Nintendo Direct specifically for Super Mario Wonder. Uh, it is happening tomorrow as I'm filming this. So uh, actually tomorrow as this is getting posted. So the 31st of August is when it's going up. 7 a.m. Pacific time. So you can do the math according to wherever you live. 7 a.m. Pacific time is New York time. So adjust accordingly. And it's all about Super Mario Wonder. It's going to be approximately 15 minutes is what the announcement said. So it's not going to be a huge uh, uh, Nintendo Direct. But it is also not going to be the final Nintendo Direct for the year. I, we can... We can almost guarantee that for ourselves because previously they have had game specific directs and then just a matter of weeks later, they've had a much longer general direct. So that is entirely possible. Christmas is a coming, so very likely we will be seeing at least one more general direct from Nintendo. Probably because, you know, they did announce that they're working on a Princess Peach game specifically last time we heard from them, and they're probably not going to touch on that this time, so they have to give us another direct, right? Either way, that's what we got for regular ass news. Let's get into some 
suggestions for gaming and tech this week. Your suggestion is to go check out that uh, Ghostbusters digital short. That is proof of concept. Remember, the, the lion's share of the creation of the footage was done in a single day. Single day. Imagine what these guys could do with a month. <laughs> just a month. And, oh, just incredible. This is such a cool little, I think it's like a three, five minute clip. Such a cool little action sequence that they made inside of Unreal Engine 5 that the future is looking bright. Go check out the Ghostbusters short. You can find the link down in the description. So, comic books and books. I swear there is stuff going on. It's just most of that stuff is ongoing storylines, which we don't really cover. That's not news. That's go read the dang book. Either way, we got we got one piece and then we have a suggestion. So let's do that, I guess. <laughs> the one piece we got is a trailer for a new book. The new Mighty Morphin Power Rangers uh, Darkest Hour is going to be the name of this arc. It starts with issue number 111. Uh, trailer link down in the description. The head writer for this new arc is Melissa Flores. Artist is going to be Simona D. I'm not going to say her last name correctly, so I apologize in advance. Simona D. Gianfelice. Uh, it is put out by Boom Studios. This is, I mean, Boom is really starting to carve out their niche really, really well with, they have Buffy, they have Serenity, they have Power Rangers. These guys are really going to be a force to reckon with in not too long, it would seem. They're really putting forward strides, doing things that their fandom really, really gets into. So, yeah, absolutely. It's very interesting. Has me intrigued, and I don't even read the Power Rangers. So go check out this trailer. See what it does for you. Like I said, no other stuff to talk about in comic books because everything else is ongoing. There's no huge announcements for new books right now because everyone's in the middle of arcs. So kind of is what it is. So that brings us into suggestions this week for comic books and books. And it's a comic book suggestion. Technically, it's a comic book that hasn't come out yet, but... I believe in the creator. Creator is Josh over at the Den of Nerds. The name of the book is Unity. You can become part of the Kickstarter for those guys. Uh, if you follow the link down in the description, it's pretty awesome. Uh, this is just community building stuff. That's why we're talking about it as a suggestion. Go check it out, see if you're down for it. It is more superhero comic books, so if you are not a fan, then this probably isn't gonna be for you, unless you're really into building the community and you just wanna give some money to the cause, then that's, I'm sure, a possibility as well. But Go check out Unity from uh, the Den of Nerds. Yeah. TV shows. We have some news to talk about. Not a whole lot of news and not a lot of good news either. But we do have uh, some pretty big cancellations, one of which is for a series that was already completed and they're canceling it before it airs because money? We'll talk about that. Uh, and then we're also talking about uh, more streaming issues dealing with money and cross-streaming. We'll talk there. And yeah, that's going to be about it, so let's jump into it, shall we? Okay, so, uh, follow-ups and corrections. Spiderwick Chronicles, we talked about this. The Spiderwick Chronicles series that was supposed to be going to Disney Plus has been completed, and Disney has canceled it because money. Like, you've already fronted the money for the series, for at least some of these episodes to be made, because you ordered them, 
and now you're not going to put them on your platform because you think you need it's not going to make you the money back spider chronicles is i would say i'm probably not the biggest draw of new customers but there is a pretty active fan base there so it just seems like a strange business decision to me um, Paramount TV Studios and 20th Century Television are the specific production houses that were charged with uh, making this thing. And so now that it's not going to Disney Plus, they are going to be shopping it around to other streaming platforms, which again, such a weird thing to consider. Uh, from there, we have uh, Doogie Kamela, Kamelioha, uh, MD, the Doogie Hauser Spiritual Successor Series, has also been canceled. Uh, did, is, I did kind of copy paste what I just said about the last one. Uh, this one I don't think was com was a hundred percent completed. I do think they were still in the production of the series, but there is production stills, so we know that they had some work done. We just don't know how much work was done. Uh, yeah, canceled over at Disney Plus. And then we're moving over to Lord of the Rings. This one's not a cancellation, but uh, Lord of the Rings, The War of Rohirrim, uh, which is going to Amazon Prime. It is it was supposed to be released April 12th of 24, but has been now pushed back to December 13th of 24, largely likely because of the strikes, be, as could be expected. And then our final final piece for follow-up news in TV has to do with HBO Max and is honestly something that I'm not sad to hear, and that is that The Idol has been canceled officially. It is not coming back for a second season because probably because fan outcry. Uh, HBO Max is also trying to save money, so if, if it didn't bring in new viewers, then it's not worth their time, it would seem. And it really brought with it a lot more static than anything, so that makes a lot of business sense to me, but I also didn't watch the show, so I couldn't say whether or not it was quality or not. I just know that it, it had, had nothing, no appeal for me outside of the fact that The weekend was in it, but I didn't hear good things even about that part of it. So let's move right along. We're going to go past trailers. No new trailers this week for TV, but we do have some regular-ass news. And we have two horrible pieces to start off regular-ass news. I, I hate this. I hate this a lot. Uh, we're going to start first with Arlene Sorkin. Arlene Sorkin, the nerd community will know her the very best as the original voice of Harley Quinn in the Batman, basically everything animated Batman up until a about a decade ago or so. And probably, yeah, that's about right, about a decade ago. Uh, so Arlene Sorkin passed away the age of 67. So she was not very old at all. Uh, oh man, this is a big hit from the nerd community. A lot of her coworkers, uh, Mark Hamill, even James Gunn is getting in on the condolences and the sad, and the sad bits and just, oof. The voice of Harley is no longer with us, and it's a sad day in their community. So we're gonna take a moment and remember Arlene Sorkin. I feel like we're just drifting through life, not making any meaningful contribution to society. I'm an eco-terrorist of global importance. I make a contribution. I suppose. <laughs> Did you order explosives online again? Girl? She wouldn't knock. Answer it. 
I think she was selling them. For you. Hmm. Takes me back. Oh, Batman, you saved my little booby trap. I don't know how I could ever thank you. You blind as your namesake, do good and moron. <laughs> Say goodnight, Batsy. Careful, Holly. You'll kill him. But, but nothing. My hench wench. You catch him, I kill him. Less wench, more hench. You molly coddling little twit. Nobody kills the bat but me. Like so. Holly, a little help here, slugger. Oh, so now he wants my help. Less wench, she says. More hench, she says. You're on your own. And like I said, two. Horrible pieces of news. Uh, the other one has to do with just general TV, technically uh, a game show television from when you were a child, if you are roughly my age, <laughs> or a little bit younger. Bob Barker is the one we're talking about. He was the original, not the original, I think, uh, no, he was the original host of The Price is Right. He hosted it way back in forever ago and hosted it for freaking ever and then ha passed it off to Drew Carey not too long ago, just a, a little over a decade ago now. Uh, I think it's actually almost two decades now. Wow. Either way, he, uh, Bob Barker was uh, was a kind of a big presence in TV, was a bit of a large part of my childhood because anytime, just like the Dane Cook bit goes, anytime you stayed home from school, be it because you were sick or because you were ditching, you watch the PIR, man. Uh, just... Price is Right is is one of those shows that everybody knows. You know all the games. You it, everybody wants to be on it, and just uh, kind of a he, Bob Barker though, ninety nine years old. I feel like he definitely had a great life. Uh, kind of makes me a little bit more sad because that, that was the age my grandma uh, passed just a few months ago. So it's kind of reminiscent of that. But either way, Bob Barker, 99 years old. Let's let's remember Bob and all of the great times Bob had on The Price is Right. This guy sucks. We haven't seen Happy Gilmore play this badly since his first day on tour. He and Bob Barker are now dead last. I can't believe you're a professional golfer. I think you should be working at the snack bar. You better relax, Bob. There is no way that you could have been as bad at hockey as you are at golf. All right, let's go. Oh! You like that, old man? You want a piece of me? I don't want a piece of you. I want the whole thing. Price is wrong, bitch. Oh. 
I think you've had enough. No. Now you. And then coming out of the sad bits, we actually have something this time to go after the sad part, and that is, I guess, kind of technically still a little sad, depending on your stance on things or how much you're invested in AMC. But AMC is. Uh, licensing some of their shows to HBO Max. Very specifically, and it's not going to be limited to this, but these are the only ones that have been announced so far, but very specifically, Fear the Walking Dead, Interview with the Vampire, A Discovery of Witches, Dark Winds, Gangs of London, Killing Eve, Ride with Norman Reedus, all of these shows have been announced to be splitting duties. They will, they will remain on AMC+, Plus, but they are also going to HBO Max. So... I think the days of 100% exclusivity are coming to an end, it would seem. We previously got the, what was it? It was Netflix and Max were striking a deal uh, for some of the Netflix shows to go to Max. Or maybe that was Prime. Either way, Netflix is licensing some of their content out. Now, AMC Plus, not a major player in the streaming wars, but still there. And they're licensing their content to go to another platform. I think, I think we might be coming to an end of the exclusivity. So we're going to start seeing cable packages basically in the not too distant future but yeah uh it will start september 1st so this friday and then it's going to run all the way till halloween october 31st you will have two months to watch uh it's not going to be the entire availability of all these shows um i believe killing eve was uh, restricted to just a couple of seasons gangs of london also dark winds um, but the entirety of Interview of the Vampire, the entirety of Fear the Walking Dead, the entirety of A Ride with Norman Reedus, um, and I, I couldn't, rem I can't remember if Discovery of Witches is the whole series or just a few of the seasons. Either way, two months to watch all of this content if you are only a Max subscriber. Well, let's be honest, if you're only a Max and Prime subscriber, because everybody subscribes to Amazon Prime, right? Free shipping. Uh, but yeah. So that's what we got there, and that's everything for the regular-ass news. So let's move into TV suggestions this week, and I'm going to suggest something slightly controversial, but anything Star Wars is a little controversial these days, and that is Ahsoka. That's right, Ahsoka. First two episodes are under my belt. First three episodes, as I'm filming this, have been released, and I think that the first two episodes are solid Star Wars storytelling. It's a little slower. I like my stories a little slower and more methodical. That way you can see them evolve and give them room to breathe, and I think that is quality, quality stuff. This has the potential, I'm not going to put it up there just yet, but has the potential to become probably the third best thing that Disney Star Wars has released. The first of which obviously being Mandalorian, second of which obviously being Rogue One. So anything past that is a little shaky at best since Disney took over, and Ahsoka might not be. Jury's still out a little bit, but definitely the suggestion for the week. So... Movie news. Let's talk about movies, shall we? We have uh, some updates on some release dates, uh, as could be expected, again, with the writer strikes and stuff. And we also have Batman Day coming up, and we got a pretty interesting announcement as far as that is concerned in the movie section. So let's get into that, shall we? Follow-ups. 
And corrections, first thing is Godzilla X Kung, the new empire, was supposed to be released into theaters on March 15th of next year, but has been pushed back a month to April uh, 12th the same year. So once again, strikes are happening. Everything is getting affected. So this is to be expected, I think. Uh, and then from there, this one still hurts, even though we should have expected it still hurts a little bit. Dune part two has been pushed back. It is no longer going to be released in 2023 in time for Thanksgiving. Damn it. It is now been pushed back to March 15th of 2024. So five months from November to March. That's where we're looking. Oof, that stinks. But uh, it is what it is. If it means we get a fantastic movie, then that's exactly what it needed. So I'm not going to complain too much. But that's what we got for follow-ups and corrections. Let's talk about trailers real quick. David Fincher has a new movie starring Michael Fassbender. We talked about it when it was announced, and now we have a trailer. That trailer for the movie called The Killer. It's David Fincher. We have to talk about David Fincher. David Fincher is a brilliant filmmaker. And even if it's not technically a nerdy movie, though it is, you might not know this, but it is a, it is based on a comic book. So therefore, nerdy movie. But yeah, uh, Michael Fassbender, it just, it's brilliant. <laughs> Check out the trailer. Probably going to be watching the movie in theaters because Fincher. And uh, that's got us. We got to move on to some regular ass news. In regular ass news for movies this week, we have Batman Day quickly approaching. September 16th. We're about two weeks away from Batman Day. Uh, for Batman Day, Showcase Cinemas has announced that they are going to be running the three Christopher Nolan Batman movies in their theaters. So if you have a Showcase Cinemas near you, which I believe there is at least one in most major cities, uh, then yeah, you will have an opportunity if you did not originally when they were released, then you'll have an opportunity to see the Christopher Nolan Batman movies back to back to back. Uh, it's just pretty freaking awesome. I think that's a great way to celebrate Batman Day. So that being said, that's what we got for regular ass news. Let's jump into movie suggestions for the week. Once again, Batman Day, September 16th. Uh, your recommendation this week is all three Christopher Nolan Batman movies. You can stream them on HBO Max, watch them, refresh your memory as to why they are probably some of the best comic book adaptations out there. They're not perfect. I didn't say that, but they are great and they are fantastic. Christian Bale is a pretty good Batman, if you ask me. That being said, that is your suggestion for the week, this week in movies. Rumor mill, we have rumors to talk about. Go figure. Uh, we have some shakeups over in the MCU. We have Lord of the Rings coming into the rumor mill and Nintendo because obviously Nintendo. That being said, let's jump into the rumors. So, uh, no confirmations or refutations necessarily. We do uh, no, news, no new sources either, apparently. Read the notes. <laughs> but we do have brand new rumors and coming out the gate with this one we have probably our most likely rumor in some time we have uh, the Avengers movies that are yet to come uh, Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars both apparently are having a bit of a shakeup in the writers room Michael Waldron and Jeff Loveness who were set to pen uh, Avengers Secret Wars and Kang Dynasty or Kang's Dynasty respectively uh, have both reportedly been axed from their re related 
related projects. Uh, Loveness, you'll know uh, because he wrote Quantumania and Waldron was the writer on the uh, Multiverse of Madness. So they are definitely seasoned MCU writers and according to rumors, they got the ax. Um, with the focus on quality over narrative, that kind of jibes. Uh, we also have seen a lot of shakeups going on behind the scenes that have been legitimately announced for Disney-related projects, so that jibes as well. And Bob Iger has said that we're going to be changing a lot of things, stepping back from Star Wars and Marvel in, in certain respects, so that jibes. Uh, there's, uh, there is very little here to kind of go against these rumors. So this is the highest that we will ever give a rumor unless I have some sort of industry inside information, which doesn't usually happen. 95% uh, likely that this is the case and that these two writers have been removed from their Avengers movies. Our next rumor is Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power over on Amazon Prime. Uh, there is strange goings on behind the scenes right now. What with, you know, no actors or writers being available. Uh, we have producers and editors going at it. This just seems really weird. So the producers of the series want the second season to focus on the uh, Numenero, I'm, I'm Tolkien words, sometimes trip me up. Uh, Numenorion? Numenorion? There we go. That's Numenorion. Uh, they want the second season to focus on that story. The editors, however, want the second season to, to be elf-centric because there is supposedly a subplot that leads to a an epic battle <laughs> at the end of the season that takes up two whole freaking episodes that if you don't make it an elf-centric story, the battle will make less sense, it would seem. At least that is what the rumor is claiming. So yeah, that is the battle that is supposedly going on behind the scenes at the Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. Uh, there's, uh, doesn't come from a bad source, doesn't come from a great source. No one else is talking about this. 50% probability this is, and it's also very difficult to confirm because the focus on most things in Hollywood right now is writers and actors, right? So like this kind of stuff is just going to get forgotten about and there's, we're not going to be able to, un unless somebody writes a book 10 years down the road or somebody does an interview shortly after the next season releases, something along those lines will, will possibly be able to confirm this, but we'll never be able to confirm this on our own. So 50% likely that we're looking at a battle behind the scenes of this epic proportion. From there, we have a uh, Nintendo rumor that it's very interesting. So the rumor, we're going to say this and then we're going to attack it. <laughs> the rumor is that the name of the successor to the Nintendo Switch is the Nintendo Focus. Okay. Um, the Nintendo Focus was actually the rumored name for the Nintendo Switch back when the Nintendo Switch was just called the Nintendo NX. So, yeah, I think this is just wishful thinking on some fanboy's part who has people convinced that he knows things. Uh, so I don't think this is very likely at all. We're going to say 20% likelihood that the next Nintendo console is going to be called The Focus. Yeah. Moving from there, we have She-Hulk in the rumor mill. Oh, good lord. She-Hulk apparently is getting a season two? flying in the face of everything we just said previously uh yeah i mean 
as much as I don't want this to happen, and as much as I don't, hmm, I don't think it's a good business decision for this to happen on Nintendo's part, or Nintendo, on Disney's part, um, I still think it's pretty likely to happen because it still brought in some viewers. There was, it still stayed in the news cycle for an extended amount of time. So they see that as a good thing because they don't know how the community works. Uh, so yeah, I'm saying probably 75% likely we will see a second season for She-Hulk. And that just feels gross coming out of my mouth. Uh, and then from there, the, probably my favorite rumor of this episode, though one of the more shaky rumors, is 13 Ghosts. Uh, apparently there... Actually, no, we talked about this previously in a different rumor mill, but it was a movie reboot at that time. So this new rumor is saying that a TV series for 13 Ghosts is actually in the works. Uh, Sony is said to be the primary rights holders, though they're not the only rights holders, and they are the ones that are the big hang-up, it would seem, from a series being made based on this show. That's pretty awesome. Uh, it sounds like they want to spend some time elaborating on each of the 13 ghosts in each episode. Presumably that would give us approximately 14 episodes because 13 ghosts and then the conclusion episode, right? Uh, so yeah, I, this would be great. I, I could not corroborate this through any other in, inside source or whatever, leaker, whoever you want to, whatever you want to call these people. Um, it, but it's... Because it has been some variation of this rumor has been in existence for some time, that's kind of lending itself pretty well. Uh, put in about 60%. Let's, let's just throw that out on the table. Go about 60% likely, just above the straddle line. Uh, because I think this is, a, this is a property that has enough of a cult following that they will see the benefit in making it into a pretty kick-ass series. Um, where it will go with it being Sony, probably over to Amazon Prime, possibly over to Netflix. Either way, I'm okay with it. Uh, yeah, that's, that's our rumor mill, guys. So thank you very much for watching this week's episode. I appreciate your faces, nerd. If you are, you've fallen behind in your nerd news and you want to catch up, you can click or tap the boxes that should be showing up sometime to the side of my face if you're watching on the YouTubes. If you're just listening, then go check out the YouTube channel. Find me on the socials, do all the things. Subscribe on whatever platform you have found me on because, you know, every little bit helps and it's a free thing for you to do that does a lot for me. So yeah, do the thing, share the stuff. We'll see you the next one before we go always always remember nerds that if it's generally nerdy it's probably here <laughs>